Hello, and welcome to Birth of Family Church Podcast. We trust that you'll find an encouraging word to strengthen your walk with the Lord. And if you're visiting the area, or if you're looking for a good church home, come check us out at birthedfamilychurch.org. There you can find our location and service times. Thanks again for tuning in. God bless. your Bibles this morning? You know, the the scripture tells us that our belief in the return of the Lord is like an anchor to our soul. It keeps us tethered to truth. And it keeps the winds of the world from blowing us off course. Amen? It's it's interesting. uh, My wife and I, we've been at this for over 35 years. And I really haven't preached much on the end times. It's just, I just wasn't led to. It's certainly not a place where I'm an expert in. Well, there's really no place I'm an expert in. But but here I noticed in the last two years I've talked about the end times about five times now. And I believe that we're getting into that place that the church is becoming awakened to the hour in which we live. And uh, like I said, we're closer now than we've ever been before. I, I am fully convinced that we are the generation that the Lord will return. We're already into the third day. We're into the third thousand years. And Jesus is like that. He, he's like that. A good Samaritan that came back after two days and to see how he was doing. Well, guess what? We're doing okay. He's coming to get us. Amen. Last week, we were going to talk about the seven dispensations. A dispensation, a dispensation of God is described as an age or a period of time in which God worked with and through a particular person or people or nation in order to bless mankind. And so I was going to show us the seven different dispensations and yada, 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 tell you about what they were, what they represented, but apparently that that, uh, carpet got pulled out from under me. And the Lord wants us to talk a little bit about what's to come instead. Now, just be mindful that we are in the seventh age or the seventh dispensation, and we call it the church age. And many have also called it the the age of grace. And this age, this seventh dispensation, started in Acts chapter 1, 9, when Jesus ascended on high, and let's just say that he passed the reins to the believers or his church to take over in his place. The Bible says that he's been working with us in this dispensation. And this age of grace is going to end in Revelation, approximately chapter 4 of the revelation that John received on the island of Patmos. 
But what's interesting is I want you to see this in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 7. Let's, let's go there this morning. Get your Bibles open. Get ready to write something down that the Lord is speaking to you. It's interesting when you hear a good sermon and you leave all happy and excited, two, la two days later you can't remember what you heard. But guess what? If you write it down, you can make it come alive again in your heart. Amen. Glory to God. You know, there's an interesting stat that 90% of what gets done in the world is done by about 5% who write things down. What's that mean? I don't know. I just thought I'd throw it out there. Amen? I'll tell you, I get more done when I make a list. I don't forget things from the grocery store when I get a list. Amen? And so uh, just write some things down, some do's and maybe some don'ts, and keep that in front of you, and you'll see growth take place, and things will happen in your life and in my life. Amen? That was just an advertisement for me. I need to stay the course. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 7. This is what the Lord wants us to see this morning. Now, we just defined what an age is or a dispensation. It's a period of time in which God blesses humanity. And we're in a 2,000-year-plus dispensation where people are receiving the blessings of God because God is freely giving them to us. Hallelujah. But here in Ephesians 2, 7, it says that there are ages to come. Fighting for you and I. See, people have depicted heaven as us just floating around in air, you know, with little... Some of us have bow and arrows, I don't know what for. But we're just up there, we're just up there doing nothing. That does not depict our God, the doer. Our God is an accomplisher. Our God always has his hand set to something. This isn't the last dispensation. We just don't go to heaven and, well, we're done now. Let's just, you know, float around for the, for the rest, you know, for eternity. No. He says that there are ages, what? To come. Why? Why does God have ages prepared and planned for us? So that he might show to you and I the exceeding riches of his grace in his kindness towards us through Jesus Christ. Guess what? For all eternity, after this dispensation, you, you and I are going to watch God show off towards us, showing his goodness. His tender mercies, His loving kindness, His grace towards us. And that which He is doing is going to benefit you and I. Can't, can't anyone shout hallelujah? hallelujah. It's just not a little dab. He's going to show you exceeding riches. Going over to Colossians chapter 1, verse 26. Father, I thank you that you're helping us this morning. I thank you that you've given me a door of utterance to speak the mysteries of Christ. 
I thank you the Holy Spirit's at work right now helping me to speak and helping us to hear. I declare that we, your people, under the sound of your voice, under the sound of the word of God, we have ears that hear this morning. Not just hearing words, but you're imparting life into our spirit. You're imparting revelation and understanding, thus increasing the light that we walk in. We thank you for it now in Jesus' name. Amen. Look here in Colossians 1.26. It says, even the mystery. You see, the world walks in darkness because the things of God are a mystery to them. They don't get it. They can't see it. They can't perceive it. Therefore, they can't receive it. But it says that the mystery which has been hid from ages. Remember, we just talked about seven ages, seven dispensations. Well, they were hidden from generations, but is now is made manifest to who? His saints. One of the greatest mysteries that was revealed to the saints was in the early church when the Jews had embraced, those believing Jews had embraced God's grace and were gloriously saved and set free from their sin. It was a mystery to them that Jesus died not for Israel, but for the world. And God used Paul to broadcast that to all of Israel and now to us. Amen? Amen. Well, notice that it says that now, when, right now, today, God has made manifest the mystery of the ages that are to come. He's beginning to cause us, the church, to see what the next dispensation is and what our part will be in it. See, you have have a place in this next age just like you have a place in this current age. And this age is preparing us and equipping us for that which we will do in the next age. Now, some that don't participate in this age, they're going to be behind behind the curve in the next age. Hallelujah. But that's that's not you guys. Amen. 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 Now, when is this current age, this age of grace, when is it going to conclude? When is it going to end? It is clear from Scripture is going to end with the rapture of the church. This church age will end because the church will leave. Okay, see, that's not something that gets taught very much. Do you see how quiet it got there? Nobody shouted. Nobody said, yeah. I'm not sure I saw any head nod. Right now. 
the end of this age of grace is the rapture of the church. Now, listen to me. The Bible reveals to us that the return of Jesus will be done in two phases. Two phases. It's, it's a progression. The first return of Jesus will be that he will come in the clouds. He won't come to the earth. He'll come to the clouds. Remember what uh, the angel said to uh, the guys when Jesus ascended? This same Jesus shall come in like manner. Well, he went up in a cloud. Guess what? He's going to come back in a cloud. And it's not a fluffy, you know, natural cloud. It's a cloud of witnesses. He's bringing people with him. And so the first return of Jesus is that he'll come in a cloud above us and he will draw us to himself through what we call a rapture. Now, the, let me define what a rapture is. It's the translation, and we've seen a lot of translations in the Bible. Enoch was translated out of here. He just all of a sudden went up to heaven. We saw Elijah translated. Remember the fire chariots came and just took them. Remember Philip the evangelist. He was, he was baptized in the eunuch in, in, in water. And then right after he baptized him, it says he was translated. He was taken to, from one place to another. We've seen him through scripture. Translations. Well, that's, the rapture is going to be a massive translation. So a rapture is the translation or the catching up of all Christians, both dead and alive, to meet Jesus in the air. Now, after the church is taken out, the devil's going to have a field day on the earth. And there's going to be seven years of what the Revelation calls he calls it that time of tribulation. And that's because we took the church, which has been holding back a lot upon the earth, is going to leave. And that's when the devil is going to be able to do all that he does and then put his man up there for people to worship. So after the rapture, there'll be seven years of tribulation upon the earth, and then Christ then will return and step down upon the earth with his church. Won't it be wonderful to be at the side of Jesus when he comes back to take care of business? So he's coming back with the saints that were raptured and those that have gone before through death to heaven. How many of you know that he's going to be victorious over all his enemies? He, he's going to mop the floor with him. It's, it's, it's not going to be pretty. Nuclear weapons will have no way to defeat him. Amen. Amen. Come on. 
Nothing. Nothing. Because he is God. Amen? Amen. And then a new age will begin. Now, I'm hoping that the Lord gives me the liberty to talk about this new age next week. But it's the age of the millennial reign of Christ. When Jesus establishes his natural physical kingdom upon the earth. But this morning, I just want to be reminded of some things concerning the rapture. Because you and I need to get ready. Prepared. We need to dress up our resume. Because you're about to get a new job. And the job that you and I get is going to be based on the resume we're writing right now in this dispensation. You know, all those Christians that are asleep, they got a blank resume. And they're, they're not going to be equipped to do what the Lord wants them to do. They're going to have to go to school when they get to heaven. But you, you've been writing your resume. Amen? You've been learning how to rule and reign. You've been learning how to take authority. You've been learning how to, to work and live by faith. You've learned how to walk in love and forgiveness. Amen? We're writing a resume. So let's look at the rapture this morning. I want you to go to 1 Thessalonians 4.13. Say, I'm excited. I'm excited. 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 Hallelujah. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 13. Now, notice this phrase in this beginning part of verse 13 in 1 Thessalonians 4. It says, I would not have you be what? Ignorant. Unknowing. This word ignorant is found in some key locations in the New Testament. It's found over there in 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 11, I believe, or is it, no, it's chapter 12, where he says, I don't want you to be ignorant of the gifts of the Spirit. Isn't it interesting that most people are ignorant of that subject? Now he's saying don't be ignorant about the rapture. That's what these verses are going to be talking about. Yet, you know, most of Christendom is ignorant. Or they wouldn't be living the way they're living. They're living like they have all the time in the world. So he says, I don't want you to be ignorant, brethren. That's believers. Concerning them that are asleep. Now, the word asleep many times in the New Testament is talking about someone who's dead. That their body is dead. Therefore, their spirit is no longer resident. So, I don't want you to be ignorant about those who believers who have already died. I don't want you to be sorrowful, even as others have no hope. Verse fourteen: For if we if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so them 
who have died and their spirit left their body, which sleep in Jesus, will God bring with him? Now, where's God going to bring them with? Verse 15. For this I say unto you by the word of the Lord. So he's speaking by the Holy Ghost here. This is not Paul speaking. He's speaking by utterance that the Holy Spirit revealed to him. He says that we, and it's interesting that he concludes himself in this statement. Apparently, Paul believed that this was going to take place in his lifetime. That's how real it was to him. We which are alive, we believers who are still living in our body on the earth and remain, unto the coming of the Lord shall not prevent them which are asleep, those who have died and left. For the Lord himself, everybody say the Lord himself, he's going to descend... He's going to come down from heaven with a shout and with the voice of the archangel and with the trump of God. And it says that the dead, or their bodies, who are in Christ, shall rise first. Now, understand that the redemption... The plan of redemption has not been fully accomplished yet. Part of our redemption is to have a glorified body, just like Jesus. A, could we say, a flesh and bone body? A body that can walk through walls. A body that can eat. Just like Jesus has right now. Well, when Jesus comes in the cloud, their bodies are going to be raptured because their body has to be reunited with their spirit. So all the graves of the bodies of the believers who have died and are now in the presence of the Lord, their body is going to be resurrected. I'm assuming that the people of the world are going to see it. I assume. Because it's a physical body. So there's going to be a lot of action over the cemeteries of the world. And then for some of those that were cremated and their body, the ashes of their body were spread in a large area... That's all going to be resurrected and gathered together and formed as it goes up t- to meet their, this, their spirit. Amen. It's going to be spectacular. Yes. And this is why Hollywood is making these movies about these things to have an excuse why it happened. <laughs> it was alien. Are, are you see the devil knows this is coming so he uses his surrogate Hollywood to paint a narrative and a picture to explain spiritual things that are on their way yeah. phone home so 
So the Lord is bringing those who are loved ones who have gone before us through death, he's bringing them back. And you and I are not going to be first to be raptured, but the body of those that are, are coming back, those that are alive are, okay, their body is going up first. For the Lord himself, verse 16, shall uh, descend from heaven with a shout, the voice of the archangel, the trump of God. The dead in Christ shall rise first. So we'll start seeing this, dead bodies being resurrected and coming out from the earth, going up to the sky to where Jesus is. But verse 17, this is you and I, then we, which are alive, we're still living on the earth and we still remain, we shall be caught up. We shall be what? Caught up. And so this is why the rapture is, is so spectacular. Because we're going to be caught up together with them, with their bodies, in the clouds. Notice that Jesus hasn't returned to the earth. He's still above the atmosphere. And we're going to meet the Lord where? In the air. So we shall forever be with the Lord. Now why is he telling us this? Verse 18. Wherefore, comfort one another with these words or with these truths. Now, you understand that the New Testament was primarily written in Greek, uh, Aramaic, and sometimes a Greek word is replaced by one or more English words to define its meaning. So here, look up in verse four English words, shall be caught up. Those four English words are a word, harpazo, and it's a verb, duh, Greek word means. Now remember, we're talking about those who are alive and remain shall be caught up. Take for oneself it means to choose, to snatch up, to seize upon, to steal, to catch away or catch up, to pluck or to pull. That's what rapture means. That's what it's defining. The actual plucking us up off from the earth to the air with him. We will be translated. Hallelujah. Now, my question is this. Who is going to be caught up to in the rapture? Now, I have always heard it preached, the New Testament believer who will be raptured. Now, lately, in the last two separate preachers whom I respect, say that not every believer will be raptured. Now, I'm here to answer that question from Scripture. Has recently that not all believers will be raptured? Am I the only one that's heard that? 
I'm the only one. You've heard it? We actually heard it in this church two months ago by a guest speaker. And that's why the Lord has us on this. Did I just say that out loud? All right, let's end up to Jesus in the rapture. Go back to verse 14 in the scriptures of Thessalonians. 14th verse, back up for me. So this chapter in 1 Thessalonians, and it defines who will be raptured. And it's in verse 14. If we believe, Believe what? That Jesus died. That's who he says is being raptured. Those that, if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, as well as those that have already believed that and have died and are with Jesus, he's going to bring them back with him. Notice it says that we believe that Jesus died and rose again. Go on over to Romans chapter 9, excuse me, chapter 10, verse 9. The Holy Spirit specifically defined who will be raptured. Those that believe that Jesus died and rose again. Well, this is what chapter 9 says about being saved. Romans 10, 9. If you confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, that is to confess him as your Lord, and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, what happens? Thou shalt be saved. Thou shalt be saved. So, salvation is predicated on believing that not only did Jesus die, but that he was raised from the dead. That tells me that the rapture is going to be every born-again believer. And it's not going to be based on their works or their behavior. They could be in the middle of robbing a 7-Eleven. You know, carnal Christians do things like that. Flesh rules. Believers. All right? We're not all goody two-shoes. Right? That believer in the midst of robbing that 7-Eleven is going up in the rapture. Because our works and behavior don't qualify us, our spirit does. Come on. Come on. So what I'm saying is, who's going up in the rapture? Those who believe that Jesus died and rose again and have accepted Jesus Christ as depicted in Romans 10.9. That means every born-again believer on the earth. Now, maybe, just maybe, because I haven't talked to these people personally about what they said, that not every Christian is going to be raptured. 
Maybe they're talking about people that say they're a Christian, but they're really not. I was that for 24 years. You going to heaven? Yep. You believe in Jesus? Yep. Didn't know, didn't confess him as my Lord and didn't pray the prayer of salvation, but yep, to me, I thought I was saved. Maybe that's what they're referring to. Because, you know, we're going to be pretty surprised in heaven. Come on. Come on. What are you doing here? What are you doing here? And we're so-and-so. We're so-and-so. They went to church every Sunday. Yeah, but did they ever confess the lordship of Jesus over their life? Do they believe that God raised them from the dead? Did they call upon the name of the Lord and were saved? See, we can't see people's hearts. We judge primarily by their behavior and how they look. Amen? So I, what I'm saying, the reason that the Lord's having us say this this morning is because I want you to be fully assured and confident that you're going up. That's why he says, comfort one another with these words. Yeah. Let's, let's go a little bit further. Jesus himself told us that he's coming back for us. Yeah. Yeah. I want you to go over to John 14, and me being honest, I didn't see this before. Just recently did I understand what Jesus was saying in John chapter 14. John 14, verse 1. And again, look at this. Let not your heart be troubled. That's like saying, be comforted by these words. Why should I not be troubled in my heart? Why should I be worrisome or anxious or wondering if the Lord is going to receive me when he comes? Well, because you believe in God. So therefore, believe also in me. In my Father's house, that's heaven, there's what? Mansions. Another translation says place, meaning that you're going to have a place. It could be acreage. Heaven's a much bigger place than the earth. If it were not so, I would have told you. I'm leaving the earth so I can prepare a place for you. There's faith. Mm -hmm. He's believing that, you're, that he's building a place before you even get there. Mm -hmm. Now, verse 3, this is what I want us to see. If I go, verse 3, if I go and prepare a place for you, I will what? Come again. Why are you coming back, Jesus? Why are you coming again? And receive you. Doesn't that kind of sound like take you? Grab you? Snatch you? I'm going to receive you to myself. That where I am, 
you might be there also. Verse 3 is talking about the rapture. And Jesus himself said that he's coming for us. And he's going to receive us up to himself. I'm receiving you up to myself. And from there, we're going to heaven. So why is Jesus coming to receive us? Well, to deliver us from the evil that's going to be taking place in the next seven years. See, these guys that say that the rapture is going to be after the tribulation, they don't know the nature of God. They don't know the characteristic of God. He's always delivered his people from calamity. Consider Noah. Go to Hebrews chapter 11. Thanks, Ken. Let's go there. Hebrews 11, 7. Jesus is coming to get us to deliver us from what's coming. Look what he did for Noah in Hebrews eleven seven. 7. It says, By faith, being warned of God, of what's, gonna about, what's about to happen, of things not seen yet, Noah was moved with fear, that's better quoted respect or reverence. He prepared an ark to the saving of his house by the which he condemned the world and became the heir of righteousness, which is by faith. Notice that the world was judged, but God put Noah in a boat, took him away and out of the world, so to speak, in the judgment, and then placed him back to rule and reign. The world judged, the man of righteousness delivered. Now, God removed Noah to a place of safety so he could return him to the earth. Jesus mentions Noah when he references his return. Go on over to Matthew 24. We're just about done. Matthew 24, 37. This is Jesus speaking. Matthew 24, 37. But as the days of Noah were, so shall also the coming of the Son of God be. Question. Did God save Noah before judgment or after judgment? Before. And Jesus is saying, my return is going to be just like that. That's a real D-U-H, right? I mean, that's pretty obvious. Verse 38. For in the days that were before the flood, they were eating and drinking, marrying and given in marriage, until the day that Noah entered into the ark. So there was no judgment until Noah entered into the ark. And they knew not until the flood came. They were living in a mystery. And took them all away. So shall the Son, the coming of the Son of Man, be. There'll be two in the field, one shall be taken, the other left. 
Two women shall be grinding at the mill. One shall be taken, the other left. Guess what? We're the ones that left. Because judgment came. How were we taken? Through the rapture. Now, why are you saying this, Jesus? Verse 42. Watch, therefore. Be expectant. Be prepared. For you do not know what hour your Lord does come. That's like you waiting for a bus at the bus stop. Guess what? You're there because you're expecting a ride. And you got everything with you that you need to take. You don't go there when you think it's going to arrive. You go before it arrives. You're prepared. And the rapture is the same way. We need to be ready right now, today. We got to believe that today could be the day. Look up for your redemption draweth nigh. Amen? So this morning, I want to put into action two truths. Number one, we need to be comforted with the truth that Jesus himself is coming back to get us. Especially in this past year and into this year, we've seen things happening in the earth that has given us a lot of concern. Right? Amen. We've, seen, we've seen things happen that we thought would never happen. Amen. And we're going to see some more things. It's going to get pretty dicey before he comes. Because the devil is ramping things up for that great big showdown Amen. at Armageddon. Amen. But in the midst of all this turmoil in the world, you and I need to stay in that place of peace, that yeah. place of comfort. Yeah. That he's not going to allow me to suffer any more than I can bear, right. and he's coming for Amen. me, and his timing is impeccable. You've got to trust that. You've got to believe that. We need as more than ever to be in a place of rest and peace in this world that appears to be going crazy. And number two, we need to get our house in order. We, talking about Pastor Marianne and myself, and any of those that are listening. We need to get our household in order. What's that mean? Make sure we're doing what God told us to do. We may need to put some things down. There may be some things we need to pick up. And we want to make sure that when he returns, we're busy doing what he told us to do. Amen? We need to awaken. So I thought there may be a chance this morning that there might be someone watching by the live stream or maybe even this recorded message later on. The question I have is, are you ready for the return of Jesus? Come on. 
have you taken that step of not just simply believing in Jesus, but have you actually asked him to come into your life? Have you asked him to be your Savior? Have you confessed him as Lord? Well, guess what? We can do that right now. I want all of you to participate in this. Just bow your heads. Close your eyes. Say it out loud, believing. You do the same as well out there. Say, Jesus, I believe in you. I believe that you're God who's come in flesh. You died for me on the cross. You bared away my sin and my sin nature. And you've been raised from the dead. Therefore, you have defeated spiritual death and made a way for us to be born again. Jesus, I ask you, come into my life. Be my Savior and my Lord. With my heart, I say, Jesus, you are my Lord. Therefore, I've called upon your name. And I'm now saved. When I leave this earth, when Jesus comes to get me, I'm going up. I'm going up to him. Because today, this day of August, 2021, I received Jesus. Therefore, I'm qualified. Now lift up your hands and say thank you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. Now, if you did that out there and you don't regularly come here in person to the church, uh, you need to send us an email at bfc3982 at gmail.com. Just say, I received the Lord Sunday morning. What is it? The 6th of August? The 8th of August? Just say, I received the Lord that Sunday morning and uh, send me some information and we'll free of charge send you information about what you did so that you have a scriptural reference of the prayer that you prayed and what scripture says about that prayer and and why according to god you're now born again amen so go ahead and do that bfc3982 at gmail.com and we'll get that sent out to you Amen? amen so when the rapture comes where are you going going up everybody stand up look at me we're going to do a rapture drill time to do a rapture drill glory to god i haven't done this for a while well what what is a rapture drill it's when we practice going up to him all right so we're going to go one two three and on three not after three but on three we're all jumping up because we're being received into the hands of jesus through the rapture you ready to do it the higher you go, the better you're prepared to go up. We ready? On three. One, two, three. Woo! Glory to God. Amen. We're going up. So comfort one another with those words. God bless you. We'll see you next time.